This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia on July 10th, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au As is written in the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 10, beginning at the 25th verse. Glory to God. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while travelling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord We pray, Lord, that you would open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your words that we might learn that beyond our neighbours who live either side of our houses, who we care for by looking after their mail or feeding their dog when they're away, that you have a greater vision for us, not only who our neighbours are, but how we can be neighbours to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, there's a common thread within today's readings, and that is that God's law is to be in our hearts, not just in our heads. God says his commands are to be lived, and, they, and being lived out, they will give us life. And he says in Deuteronomy that they're not too difficult for us. No, the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. And now baptized and led by the Spirit, God's law is indeed written in our hearts. His good and merciful will is to be expressed in word and deed. In our daily living, not just knowing, just not knowing his will, but doing his will. We've read that Paul 
rejoicing in the faith of the Christian community in Colossae, he and Timothy prayed that the Colossians would further be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they would live and act in God-pleasing ways, bearing fruit in every good work as they grew in the knowledge of God. Knowledge is to bring about action, change of heart. And that's a prayer we could pray for each other, that we also be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and understanding. We pray that for our other communities, our neighbours in the Christian church. And I certainly recognise the wealth of knowledge and, and the gifting that God has given our congregation here at St. Paul's. Gifts in music and leadership, in scriptural knowledge and in spiritual wisdom, understanding. And when shared and lived out, that produces fruit and many good works and further growth and discipleship, which is pleasing to God. It makes us a family, a growing family family that cares for one another, a family that's also concerned about our neighbourhood here in, in Riversdale Road and South uh, Box Hill and beyond. And uh, my wife and I have received many, much, many um, tokens of such love and care as my wife is recovering from a reverse shoulder joint replacement and is in a fair bit of pain. So assisting me too, making sure that she gets fed. Very, um, we're very, being very blessed with your prayers and uh, and uh, offerings, food bring, being food being brought for us to enjoy. Psalm 25 also says, and we've sung it, that God teaches sinners and the humble of heart to walk in His ways. And perhaps this is the first step in learning from Jesus as we sit at His feet, that we come to Him with a humble heart in order to be able to hear what is, He is saying. And to, in hearing that it just doesn't stay in the cranium, but goes to the heart. Listen with our hearts. And now he tells us a parable, a parable that we know is the Good Samaritan, one that's well-loved and well-known, and it's told in response to a question, a question asked in the hope of actually trapping Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, the law expert was asking this. And avoiding the trap, Jesus replies, he directs him to the law with another question. What is written in the law? What do you read there? And the, and the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, with all your strength and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus affirms this man and his knowledge. You have given the right answer. You know this stuff. But then he challenged him not to simply know the law, but to do it by saying, do this, do this, and you will live. Well, his head knowledge had not transformed his heart. He was out to use the law as a weapon and use it to trick Jesus and to disgrace him. And so wanting to vindicate himself, he also then asked, well, then who is my neighbor? By asking, who is my neighbour, he hoped to narrow down the responsibility that God had on his life. He wanted to know who isn't his neighbour. Not just who his neighbour is, but whom should I not worry about? And hence limit the requirement of the law upon his life. Isn't that something we're all tempted to do? 
What are the limits of the sacrificial love that God requires of me? What's reasonable? Surely I can't be responsible for people I don't know, whom I've never met, in countries I've never ever visited. What about people who don't like me or don't like the church that I attend? What about those who live dishonest lives, preying on the weak in our society? Am I to care for them as well? Well, Jesus told a parable dealing with this dilemma and exposing the shortcomings of our hearts. He described the plight of a traveller on the way to Jericho who becomes a victim of greed and violence. He is set upon by robbers, stripped, beaten and left half dead on the side of the road and he's obviously in need and in danger of dying. I wonder what's going through his mind if he's conscious. He's wondering, who's going to help me? Who's my neighbour? Is there a neighbour out there who will help me? One would well expect someone who knows the law coming by would assist him. First, a priest comes along and sees the man but chooses to pass on the other side. And then a teacher of the law, a Levite who is well instructed in the law, also gave the injured man a wide berth. Neither showed goodness or mercy despite knowing the law, the law of love for God and for neighbour. Knowing the law doesn't make us doers of the law, does it? It doesn't change our hearts necessarily. And next, Jesus introduces a travelling Samaritan coming to the injured man. What were Jesus' listeners likely to be thinking at this point? We know this parable as the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus at no point called him the Good Samaritan. The good, being good implies that we do things in order to get praise from other people or with God. Certainly like most Australians until quite recently, we know what a good Samaritan is. Someone who comes to help in a time of need. A good Samaritan is is synonymous with a good neighbour, the one you can trust, the one that will come to your aid when you need help, when they hear your cries for help if you fall in the backyard, or they just help out if you're going away and look after the dog and the mail. But for Jesus' listeners, a Samaritan was a dodgy type of character, someone to be despised, to look down on, not to be trusted. They would expect the Samaritan to be more likely than others to ignore the man unless he would come close to actually harm him further. But destroying their prejudiced expectations, Jesus astounds the listeners by saying that when the Samaritan, the despised outsider, saw the man, he was greatly moved in his heart with compassion. His merciful heart expressed more than feelings. It resulted in action. He just didn't know I should be helping this man, then passed by. He stopped. He stopped at a place that was likely to be quite dangerous to stop. His merciful heart more more than expressed feelings. He went to him. He closes the gap, gets into that personal space and bandages his wounds. He treats them with oil and wine. He gives first aid and medical care. Then he puts the man on his own animal. He has to exert himself to get him up there and then to keep him from sliding off the the animal's back. He walks alongside. Quite an effort. And whatever else he had planned for that day has gone out the window. This is going to take quite some time. He provides some transport requiring him to walk alongside to stop the man from slipping further. 
He brings them to an inn, brings them to shelter. And how many people are crying out for shelter in our world? And he took care of him. More personal investment with time. And the next morning, he goes to the innkeeper and takes out two denarii, two days' wages, and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. When I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Generous financial support, even a line of credit. How hard is credit to get these days? I think if I drop someone off at the local motel, I'd probably put a boundary on the credit. and i say, well, as long as he's not using the minibar, you know? Look after him. Well, the next day, well, the, then Jesus asked the man, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And it was a rather expensive mercy, wasn't it? Jesus said to him, well, go and do likewise. You know about mercy, show it. And here we are to learn a lesson as well. For it is obvious that knowing the Lord does not bring us close to the heart of our merciful and righteous God. Rather, it is only when our hearts is transformed by mercy and compassion to live out the Lord's intent that brings life, life to us and life to those people that we can serve around us. Have we been listening? Have we been listening? Are our hearts humble enough to listen this morning? Mercy that stops and put aside the schedule and diary items for the day that we've planned for. And are we able to do that when we see someone in need? Do we have mercy for the loss that exceeds and overcomes our natural self-interests? Protecting our clean hands and our clothes, our reputation, our comforts and even our purse? God delights in compassionate, generous, self-giving mercy because that's the way God is. Here, two of God's spiritual leaders, a priest and a teacher, both well-respected models of high religious propriety and knowledge of the law, fail to show the love and mercy that God requires. God requires mercy. The hard heart says, says it's not my responsibility. It's not safe to stop. And sometimes when you're on the, in, the, in the line of traffic, it isn't so safe to stop your car and help. But people do. God bless them. People do. Because they're concerned about their neighbour. I haven't got time. I haven't got the money. I must admit, when I'm continually getting, once you start giving to a charity, they keep on sending you reminders that they, you can give more. And... Um, you might have 20 different types of uh, charities asking you for your, your time and your money. And then, so you have a dilemma, don't you? How generous, is God testing me how generous I can be? What are, the, what are the limits? I encourage you to think of choosing, perhaps selecting a few that you, can, that you can support really well with a passion. And also you can not only support them with your finances, but also tell other people about them and why you support those particular charities. Get excited about it and, um, and, and trying to learn more about how lot people's lives are being changed by your, your caring. Surprisingly, in the story that Jesus tells, the person who shows his heart to be aligned that with of God's is the Samaritan, an outsider. His heart was humble enough to serve. May our hearts be the same. The question is not, who is my neighbour? 
Who does God require me to serve? The answer is to go and be a neighbour and you will live. Jesus challenges our self-righteous pride in, in its place and puts it in its place. He redirects us from being guardians of the law and instead instructs us to be transformed by grace, to be grace givers, to bring life instead of ignoring those in need. And instead of splitting hairs when we looked at the law and tried to limit our responsibilities under the law, to be people of grace. Who is my neighbour? Well, Jesus invites us to be a neighbour. A neighbour to anyone in need. And as children of a merciful God, serving with hearts that are constantly merciful and full of compassion, we are to be neighbours. The merciful Samaritan in the story is not only an example of what we are to be, but it's a picture of Jesus in his service of us. There's a picture of Martin Luther. I think it's one of Cranach's uh, artworks. Luther preaching and presenting Christ crucified to his congregation. Christ, the good shepherd who serves the sheep with his own life. He is indeed our great Samaritan. He's befriended us and, and became despised for our sake. Does Jesus not find us in need and have compassion on us and put his body on the line for us? Doesn't he pay the price to bring us healing and restoration with God? Is it not he who transports us to a home that we neither could reach ourselves or deserve or could afford? Doesn't he extend pure and unlimited mercy and grace to pay the bill with his own lifeblood for the life of the world, even his enemies? You see, Jesus is the Lord of life. And we live as children and disciples because of his mercy and compassion, because he is our great Samaritan, our merciful Saviour and Lord. So we're not to be burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace or the demands of the law, but to look to Jesus who can transform our hearts with his grace. He can refresh our souls with salvation. We're to follow him as disciples, to learn his gentle and humble heart. And in so doing, we find rest and being renewed and blessed with quiet freedom from doubt and anxiety. Not having to worry about which is the neighbour I'm supposed to serve, just simply be a neighbour. Have a generous and compassionate heart. We have freedom to love and to serve. And he enables us to live with his life, living out his compassion and mercy for the world, for all people, to the glory of God. So in this parable, Jesus doesn't just simply redraw the boundary lines. He erases them all. If we're to love our enemies, then there's no one we're not to love. There are no boundaries to mercy. And so go and do likewise, as Jesus calls us to do. And it's true. We can't do likewise perfectly. We can't go and do likewise perfectly. We can't meet every need. But by the grace of God, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can indeed be his instruments of compassion to many people as we make our journey in life. Start with the neighbours that are close, but then keep your eyes open beyond the horizon too. 
our hope, our ability and our confidence to do this, the fruits of Christian service and charity are all firmly based on what Jesus has already done for us. We have already inherited the kingdom, so we're not working for ourselves, but for the life of the world. We pray, merciful God, transform us by your love and reveal us to be your children, rescued and transformed to serve and bring you glory with our heads and hearts and hands filled with your mercy. Mercy that acts showing mercy to all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.